the king arrived. We all know that when the king shows up, it's kind of a big deal. You know, I went to, y'all, one time, you may not know this, but I went to a palace. Yes, I went to a king's house. It was in Memphis, Tennessee. And they had the ugliest couches. And I thought, is this what all kings sit on? And I was looking at this king's royal robes, and I thought, this is kind of revealing. This is, you know, and so when the king shows up, I'm just say something. There's a better king in Memphis, by the way, and he plays a guitar named Lucille. His name is BB. All right, I just want to, I just want to drop that on you. If you know anything about jazz, uh, about blues, anyway. Um, <clears throat> When the king shows up, everything changes. And that's kind of the idea that I want to look at this morning. When the king arrives, when battles would be fought, uh, soldiers would be losing. Come on, they would be struggling and they would look up and see the banner and the, uh, the trumpets and the people, that, the, the entourage of the king. When they started to show up, spirits would be lifted. Battles would turn because there's the king. Wow. Come on, church family, can I just tell you something? When the king walks into your life, everything changes. Everything changes, and you get to have a say on how it changes. Come on, let me tell you what I mean. Because you can say, wow, I recognize who you are, that you are the king above all kings, that you are the Lord above all lords and you're better and bigger than everything else and I want to serve you. Or you can say, this isn't for me and you can step away. Let me just tell you right now, from experience, serving is better than, than running off, okay? And so the first thing I want to look at this is what Jesus did when he arrived on the scene. The king, when the king arrives, he shows compassion. Come on, um, stay with me, guys. Uh, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. Have you ever been in a place where you knew what the right thing to do was? But you just, it was like you just didn't do it. It's like you just didn't see it there. Come on. You knew I'm living in sin. I'm walking in sin. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying this burden that doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to keep carrying it a little, a little way longer. Why? Why do we do those things? Is it because we're afraid? Is it because we're prideful? I think probably it's a little bit of all of those things. You can't remain in that. And so here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus isn't just a, he, he isn't a king that sees issues like that. He isn't a king that sees uh, terrible situations like that and says, ooh, they should be punished. They should just be thrown away and destroyed. No, come on, family. Jesus is a compassionate king. And when the king arrives in your life, he has compassion for your situation, for what you're going through. Come on. It says, uh, Psalm 103 says he's a compassionate king. Second uh, Corinthians calls him the father of compassion. Family, this is why as followers of Jesus, we want to make sure that we're compassionate to our fellow man. Come on. We want to be compassionate to people. That's why we say the thing here. We say souls, not what? Come on, let's try that again, family. We say souls, not what? 
situations. Souls, not situations. Because if we don't have compassion, family, what happens is you look at somebody that's messed up and you say, well, that must be your fault that you're messed up, that you're living in sin, that you're doing all kinds of different things. That must be your fault and there's no compassion. How tragic would it be if that's the way that the king dealt with us? It's your fault. I'm not going to come redeem you. You're dumb. Thank God that that's not how he is. Amen? Come on. Thank God. Can I get a better amen? Thank God that he didn't see us where we were and say, you're not redeemable. Thank God that he had compassion. Now watch this. Matthew 14 says, when he, this is powerful, y'all. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had what? Compassion on them and healed their sick. He saw these people. He saw the things they were dealing with in their lives. The things that they were facing and fighting. And he had compassion on them. And so his disciples came to them and they said, this is a desolate place. They're like, dude. This is worse than Emerson. Where are we? Okay. They were looking around. If you're from Emerson, I love you. I'm sorry. But it's desolate. Listen. And, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away, Jesus, to go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. Now, let me give you something that's really telling of the character of the king right now. Do you know what happened right before this? Does anybody know? You see, Jesus was out by himself because his cousin and close friend, John the Baptist, had just been killed. Jesus had compassion on the same sinners, the same group of people. Maybe it wasn't exactly them, but it's the same fallen people that took his friend, his own blood, and killed him unjustly, murdered him. What did he do? Did he turn around and say, no, I don't want to talk to you. I'm sick of you people. No, he looked at them and said, I have compassion. That's the character of the king. The second thing, when the king arrives, and some of, the, some of us need this today, when the king arrives, he restores order. Luke 19.45 says, And he entered the temple, there it is, and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. Restoring order. Restoring order. How many of you can think about times in your life, might be right now, and things have just kind of spun up out of control? Come on. Things just kind of got out of control. And watch this. Things will get out of control really quickly. Come on, especially if you have little kids, right? Things can get really out of control really, really fast. Anybody like azaleas? Pretty? 
pretty azaleas? Wow, they're so beautiful. They're in bloom right now. Come on. And uh, was, listen, so me and my son yesterday, we're out doing a little, doing a little work on the house, our, 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 on our flower beds and doing a little landscaping. And we got some big plans. I'm going to plant a banana tree. It's going to be awesome. It's so great. Well, I was looking at my phone at, at, at demonic Facebook, I guess. And I was looking at my phone and just kind of chilling out and, and my son was being really quiet. Family, let me tell you something. If you got a four-year-old and they're being quiet, you need to do something immediately. You need to intervene. And I looked up and we have four azalea bushes in the front yard and two of those bushes are totally naked right now. Because that man went over there and said, he pulled all the flowers. I said, Jonah, what are you doing? He said, I don't want these grandma flowers around here. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, you know, pray for me. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Chaos can come really quick. Okay? But chaos can, it, it can get deep fast, family. So fast that you're treading water and you do not think you can make it. And you're sitting here and you're, think, you're thinking, what do I do? There's a horrible, nightmare-inducing story of a guy that was scuba diving if you can't touch, just don't, just don't go out there. If you can't touch or see the bottom of the water, just stay out of it. He was scuba diving, and he was down, and he was probably finding some really pretty shells. I don't know. When he came back up, the boat that was, the, the guide service was gone. What? The boat was gone. This guy's like 25 miles out. You can't see anything, Sue. That's what chaos feels like. When it swirls up and surrounds you, gets in, in your house, that's what chaos feels like. Like you're treading water 25 miles out and you cannot see land, you can't see a boat, you think you just felt something touch your leg, okay? That's what chaos looks like, family. But when the king arrives, chaos has to be silent. The tornado that's spinning, chaotic, horrible, terrifying, has to stop. Because I know that king literally stood up and told the storm to be quiet. And not just like, hey, storm, could you be quiet? We're trying to have a Bible study. That's not what he said. He said, stop. Shut up. Be silent. And when you follow the king, and when you invite the king to arrive in your household, come on, I'm using that language a lot, that household language, because that's what happens. Parents, you're sitting here, and your kids are, are doing things, and you're thinking, why are they doing those things? Maybe a husband or a wife are doing things, or somebody doing something. Chaos has come into the house. How do we stop that? We serve the king. We get really close to him, and we invite him to have authority and dominion over our house. When the king arrives, confusion ceases. Chaos 
stops because under his authority, there is no chaos. He is not the author of confusion. Come on, somebody. The third thing that I want to leave you with this morning uh, on this Palm Sunday as we're kicking off Holy Week um, and I'm reminding you multiple times this morning, be in prayer, be in reflection this week of the good things that Christ has done. The third thing, when the king arrives, things will never be the same. Things will never be the same. Wow. Ever. We can't go back. Can't go back to before we knew Jesus. Because back then, there was complete and utter hopelessness. But now, even when we face trials, Miss Stacy, even when we face tribulations, things that, that break us down to our very core, we still know that the king is powerful and that the king is on the throne. And all we need to do is call on that name of Jesus who is king above all. Amen? Jesus flipped the script in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was not ready, okay? <laughs> they're, you know, they're doing their, their own thing. I'm sure we've all seen Bible movies. There's people, you know, hustle and bustle in the, in the markets and everything. They're doing their thing. They had no idea what was about to happen. I'm sure some of them did. Please don't kiss while I'm preaching. Jesus loves you. Um, but we don't, you know, we, we express our, our Christ-like love in a different way while we're in this house. Um, Jesus flipped the script in Jerusalem. Uh, many events transpired over that week, what we call Holy Week now. Please go and read, okay? Go read this. Jump into this this week, okay? If, you, if you've got the Version app, there are so many great studies in there that you can go, reading plans that you could do this week. And just see what, what Jesus did that last week. But everything culminated, all those events, all those things culminated in betrayal and crucifixion. But that end brought a new beginning, church family. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That brings me hope. That makes me excited. Come on. Because the old you, the old things that you dealt with, you know, someone says, well, I, was, I had a lot of trouble with this. You don't have to have that trouble anymore because you're made new with Christ. When the king arrives, nothing will ever be the same. If someone is, 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 is hopelessly addicted to, to something like pornography or, or drugs or, 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 or whatever family, there is hope in the name of the king. Come on, somebody. We should get excited this morning. There's hope and there is newness. And so I get excited and I know that I don't have to go through the motions. I don't have to just say, yeah, man, Jesus is cool and, and whatnot, you know. No, I can live a life that is redeemed and excited and full of the Holy Spirit because God has made me new. I don't have to do all those old things. People want to pull you back into stuff. No, I don't have to do that anymore. Oh, come on. No, I don't have to. I don't have to. There was a time in your life when 
You, you just felt like you just had to do those things. You just, you had to say those words. You had to speak that, that death out of your mouth and gossip about people. You just felt like you had to. It was just part of your nature because it was, sorry. It's called sin nature. But with God, with the king, we are made new. And so let me give you this as we close. At the end of that week, after the king arrived, the universe itself was fundamentally changed. Death was defeated. And that's our hope. Death was defeated. Christ, if you rose, so shall I. And there's not anything that can hold me down and destroy me when I follow the king. What happened, family? I love this. God, God's so good. Begins a new week, a new man, a new creation. Come on. God, you're so good. You're so good. All things can be made new. Relationships. Come on. You know somebody whose marriage is struggling? Don't gossip about them. Pray that the king would arrive in their marriage. You know somebody whose child is, is astray, running astray, doing things? Don't gossip about that person. That's sinful, church. But pray that the king would arrive in that child's life. Because, again, when the king arrives, nothing will ever be the same because he's so good. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you, 